What's going on, guys? I want to thank TopNotchOdds.com, one of the best online sports books available because there are sports books popping up left and right these days. And if you guys want a good one where you can get your money in easy, get your money out easy, lots of betting options, TopNotchOdds.com is going to be my recommendation. When you're signing up, put in promo code SHARP. Edge. That's going to get you up to a 200% deposit bonus with great rollovers that you can use over and over again. Online, topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, Premier League Thursday. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, on today's show, got a couple picks coming up for this weekend, and we'll talk about some recent Premier League news. For those wondering, for those who like to catch this show just when it comes out, yes, we are unfortunately recording Premier League Thursday on a Friday. Had a bit of a weird day yesterday, and I guess I could just let you guys know what happened. It was bizarre. And if you know me personally, it may not be that bizarre, because, you know, weird stuff happens to me sometimes. But... I'm eating Chipotle yesterday, and I get, like, rice or corn or (laughs) something down the wrong pipe, and I'm just, like, hacking, coughing for, like, hours. I thought I was going to have to go to the fucking emergency room or something, but I don't know. It's apparently good today, or it's just, I don't know what's happened, but I I can talk, so. (laughs) It was, I I come up here yesterday, I'm, like, trying to sit down and do the podcast, and I'm, like, I'm kind of like talking like this. <laughs> Every couple words, I'm coughing. I'm like, this is not good. So anyway, apologize for that yesterday. We're back, back in action. And uh, yeah, no, the, the throat seems good, which is actually, I was reading online that the one of the symptoms of the coronas, coronavirus is uh, starts in the throat. So this morning, of course, I wake up, I'm like, well, oh no, the throat. I'm like, oh yeah, it's because you were going a little crazy yesterday, but uh the coronavirus, I live in Colorado, for those who don't know, Denver, Colorado, and uh, the coronavirus is just reported to be in a county right next to mine. So I, I am just freaking out a little bit, folks. So that's what's been going on in my in my world, in my life. I'm doing a self-quarantine for the weekend, nothing but betting on sports. And let's get into that because Premier League, uh, some games coming up this weekend. I have four picks, but before we get into the picks, definitely some big news this week in the Premier League that we want to hit first. And actually, we'll start right there with the coronavirus because due to the coronavirus concerns in England, uh, Premier League games are likely to be played, quote, behind closed doors within a couple weeks. We're already seeing major chaos in in, uh, Italy, uh, Serie A, They've canceled games. It's not like they're just playing behind closed doors where spectators can't watch. They have canceled games until mid-May. The entire season is a question mark now. They have no idea really what to do in Italy. So we're seeing the the effects across the world for soccer here in, well, here in England. uh, they're, They're likely to go no fans, no spectators within a couple weeks because it's very bad or at least getting worse in the UK. So... Keep an eye on that. I don't know if it's going to change handicapping much. I mean, I really don't because honestly, and we've talked about this time and time again. Maybe it's a good uh, Concept Tuesday uh, idea to bring up here soon, but it's the idea of home field advantage. And really, when you boil it down in sports, I just got done reading a great book that quantifies home field advantage and talks about why home field, home field advantage is what it is in every sport. And it's funny. The one thing 
that it kind of comes down to is the referees. We would never think that. We think the home field, the the loudness, the the hotels, things like that. It's not. It's the refs being influenced. So again, different story for a different day. But my point is the. Without any fans or spectators, I don't think we make that much of an adjustment for home field. I don't. I mean, I still think whether you go to Anfield or not, the 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 atmosphere and the crowd and the loudness and the environment have something to do with it. But it's just it's so small. It's more about traveling and being in the Anfield Stadium and there's wind coming in from the northeast side that you're not used to. Things like that. So I really don't see too much of a home field advantage shift once the Premier League starts to go no spectators at these games. In other Premier League news, and this is this probably would have led the show if the coronavirus stuff wasn't going on. Did you guys see the Tottenham FA Cup game where they lost to Norwich and Eric Dyer, midfielder for Tottenham, ran into the stands? It kind of reminded me of the Malice in the Palace, Ron Artest, getting involved with the fans. So what happened is Eric Dyer, midfielder for Tottenham, as is, is, is some of you probably know, Tottenham was struggling in the FA Cup. Well, Eric Dyer's brother was apparently in the stands. And what had happened is some fans were heckling Eric Dyer, giving it to him. And Eric Dyer's brother kind of stood up for him, said, hey, you know, whatever, said something to to stand up for his brother. And then it kind of started a fight. Well, Eric Dyer looks up, sees this happening about 20 rows up, and he just jets up into the, into the stands. He's jumping over seats, trying to get to this guy. It was crazy. It, it was it was crazy to see. Now, a lot of people are condemning Eric Dyer, saying this is his last chance at Tottenham. How could he have ever done that? I don't blame him at all. And here's my thing. I understand it. Probably not the best idea to go in the stands. No punches were thrown. Nothing was done. If, if anything, I mean, it, it kind of gave all the fans up there kind of a cool little up-close personal look at Eric Dyer. But look, it was his brother. His brother was getting... A fight was starting. And my guess is, the kind of guys... You've all been to football games or sporting events. You know the assholes who are always the loud, loud ones who are just... They won't shut up. They're heckling the whole time. They're trying to get in the other team's head or just so mad at their own players. These guys are about the lowest... To- they're like the lowest on the totem pole of any human beings in life, in my opinion. So... To, to think that Eric Dyer was so in the wrong for confronting these guys for going after his brother. No, these are probably a bunch of assholes who were being loud, obnoxious in the first place. Brother stands up for him, and then they start the fight. I have no problem with Eric Dyer going up in the stands, standing up for his brother who was just standing up for him, and fuck those other guys, man. That's how I feel about it. And, and hey, you may hear some ad- some animosity coming from my voice here. It's because I've, I, I've sat around those guys in, in the upper level of football games. Hell, I probably was that kid back in high school or... You know, well, probably the high school days, going to basketball games, getting up close, getting way too into it, getting way too drunk and way too personal with the heckles. And just, you think you have an impact. When you're young and drunk, you think you're actually doing something. It's like, it's almost like a badge of honor. I'm being a good fan. I'm hammered yelling at the game. And that's not how it goes. All of you people doing that are just ruining it for everyone else around you. Bunch of drunk assholes. So, yeah, I got no problem with Eric Dyer doing what he did. All right, moving on. Uh, UEFA, uh, UEFA's chief, Alexander Seferin, has asked the English Football Association to get rid of the EFL Cup. <laughs> now, on its on the surface, it's like, wait, what? Why is the chief of UEFA trying to get involved with the inner workings of UK soccer? But really, when you look at what they're trying to do, I like it because UEFA is trying to implement a summer, um, a summer Champions League style tournament and of course the EFL Cup would greatly get in the way of this 
So I have, I mean, look, I didn't grow up in England. I have no idea what this means to the locals. I'm sure it's a tradition thing. That's what I keep reading is the the the, the English like their traditions. This is a traditional cup. It's a traditional, you know, league trophy. And they may push back a little bit trying to get rid of it. But look, as a soccer fan, who wouldn't want another great Champions League style tournament in the middle of the summer? And by Champions League style, all that means is the teams who are in it, they would qualify by finishing in the appropriate order in their domestic leagues. So I like the idea here. Um, I think also this is not being reported as much. But my thoughts are, within the UK, uh, maybe a reason why fans don't like this is because it isn't coming from a local. The, the the people pitching this idea were actually American promoters, relevant sports. It was their idea to host this tournament and start this thing. But it's gaining momentum. It looks like it has the nod from many, many powerful people in the world of soccer. It's just up now to the English Football Association to make the change. And also, uh, uh, Alexander Seferin, the chief of UEFA, in that same press conference, he also came out and said, kind of separate from all that stuff, but he said that the VAR this year has gotten ridiculous, especially in the Premier League. And for anyone who's Listen to me talk about that this year. You know how much I hate the VAR rules. It's the worst replay system of any sport in the world. We're talking NBA, NFL, college football, hockey, whatever. There's not a worse replay system in professional sports. So his recommendation was was uh, th- they should make the lines thicker for the VAR screen. Now, if you if you think about a VAR ruling, if you guys have seen them on TV this year, they'll zoom in to these players and, and see who was offsides, but the line they use is microscopic. It's like, let's see if he was offsides by a millimeter, okay? What they need, and I agree here with Alexander Seferin, thicker lines would make it more obvious for these offsides calls. I honestly don't care whether it benefits me or not, because over the long run, it's going to be 50-50. I don't care whether a guy's off by a millimeter or a centimeter. That shouldn't matter, but it does right now, and it's been... It's been officiated that way all season long. So I agree with him. Thicker lines for the VAR rulings would be a good idea. And the last piece of news here, uh, not very long or uh, substantial, but the Bayern Munich manager, Hans Dieter Flick, (laughs) yes, Hans Dieter Flick, has uh, gotten concrete inquiries from several Premier League teams. There's been some heat on him recently. Bayern Munich has had a bit of a down season, you could say. But this is a great, great manager for him to come to the Premier League. I mean, look, that's where a lot of the great managers are now. You look across the league, and I mean, Carlo Ancelotti joined this year. You've already got Jurgen Klopp. You've already got Jose Mourinho. I mean, it's a great league for managers. So Hans-Dieter Flick looking at coming to the Premier League, and he has real inquiries from several teams. All right, no more of the news. Let's get into some picks for this weekend. I have four, count them four, in total. And since we're recording this on Friday, actually, probably better for you guys because these lines have adjusted a little bit and we're getting you guys some at least more accurate lines for what they're going to be tomorrow morning. All right, game number one. We are going Liverpool first half and second half money line. So there's a bet that you guys can find on most websites. Leading at halftime slash winning the game. So they have to win both the first half and then win the game as well. This pays minus 125. And here's the thing with Liverpool. They have two losses in a row in multiple competitions. I expect Liverpool to come back furiously this game. If Liverpool had a reason for dropping the last two games by a combined score of 5-0, then there's cause for concern, whether it's injuries, fatigue, style. It's none of it. Their backup goalie was in net 
in the FA Cup when they lost 2-0 to Chelsea. He had a horrible game. The game before that, they lost 3-0 on the road to Watford, a hot, improving Watford team who we'll talk about here in a little bit. That, that maybe not was expected, but you could see how that would happen. Everyone's freaking out because these two losses happen to ha- happen to be back to back. But I think that you know, with, with the Champions League game five days down the road, Liverpool A needs this win for the Premier League. Not needs, but they want this win. But B, and, and maybe more importantly, they want good form heading into their rematch with Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, which they're down one nothing. So there's a lot of reasons for Liverpool to feel the need to correct things and have a uh, kind of a a sense of rush with doing it too. They want to get it done and they want to be, be playing better as soon as possible. So for those reasons, Liverpool, first half, second half, uh, leading at first half and winning the game. All right, bet number two. We are going the Watford Hornets. Draw no bet, plus 110. Watford is going to be at Crystal Palace. Since January 1st, if you look at home road splits, Crystal Palace, sixth in the Premier League, away from home. And they are 18th in the Premier League out of 20 teams at home. Again, since January 1st, Crystal Palace is 18th in the Premier League at home. They're all the way up to number six away team. So if you just look at them on the road, elite. Very, very good. At home, one of the worst teams in the league. In that same time span, Watford ninth on the road, 13th at home. So right there, pretty equal. But the point is, Watford on the road, not that big of a deal. They're ninth overall, well above uh, where they started the season and certainly above average. If you look at the entire season, Watford is currently 18th in expected goals. Watford, 13th. Okay, so... Any way you slice it, whether it's recent, the whole season, Crystal Palace plays very well on the road, and they drop and they drop their their uh, level of play at home. And I think it's because of style. And Watford, they this is a very different team because they started the year for the first two months of the season. Watford was atrocious. I mean, they were by far the worst team, maybe in the first two groups of English play of the first two leagues in England, Premier League and Championship. They were playing so bad, but the last month and a half, the last two months, Watford has been one of the better teams in the entire league. So, you look at the expected goals since the beginning of the season, Watford 13th, Crystal Palace 18th, and I just think that we have two teams who are still wildly overrated and underrated. Now, I like Crystal Palace. I like Roy Hodgson. He's one of my favorite managers in the league, but this price does not warrant how Watford has been playing as of late, and we get our money back with the draw. Watford, draw no bet, plus 110. All right, next game... Tottenham, drawn a bet at Burnley. And here's the thing with this game. I love Burnley. For my listeners who always catch the Premier League shows, I mean, how many times have we had Burnley this year? They're one of my play on teams. And the reason is, not necessarily because you keep going back to the well, but I believe the market just never caught up with Burnley this year. I mean, they were slow to react. And I like how the Clarets play soccer. But with this game, you start plugging in the numbers, you start seeing what I project, what the market projects, and it's just kind of laughable how... Tottenham's been completely disrespected because the last week or so. They lost Harry Kane. That They being Tottenham lost Harry Kane well over a month ago. They've had so much time to fix things up top, and I think they have. You look at goals coming from, uh, I mean, Eric Dyer, who we talked about in the midfield, but mainly Son up top. Uh, Deli Alley's been getting involved as well. They can still score. This is not a bad soccer team, and everyone thinks that Tottenham's now fallen off the face of the earth. Draw no bet is paying even money. They're at Burnley. They should be a substantial favorite on the road. They're getting completely disrespected here. Look, again, 
I understand they haven't had a good run. I understand Burnley's been playing good soccer, but this is not warranting this price. And that's what we bet on, folks. It's not just whoever you th- always think is going to win or anything like that. It's you find value, you find edges. If you make a plus 400 bet, this sounds weird, but you're actually not expecting to hit that bet. Now, a lot of you guys out there think, Tyler, you make a bet, you expect to win the bet. That's not the case. If you make, if you make a 400 bet, a plus 400 bet, all you're saying is you thought the bet should be plus 250, plus 300, and you're getting value. You don't expect to win that bet, but you have an edge, so you take the bet. Same thing here. I'm not saying Tottenham goes out and, and, and destroys Burnley. I'm not saying this is going to be an easy game. All I'm saying is that Tottenham draw no bet should be about minus 150. And if we're having to pay even money, that's an automatic play for me. Tottenham draw no bet at Burnley. And my last game here of the weekend, we are going to go Man U, Man City, the final game on Sunday. Manchester United, plus one, minus 120. Man U's playing at home. I think they're going to show up and really shock Pep Guardiola's team early on. I like Man U to score early and, and keep that pressure on. But here's a couple other reasons why we're going Man U this game. And it's not necessarily all about Man U. It has to do with fading Man City. Man City won the EFL Cup last week. So expect a slight letdown. They know they're not going to win the Premier League this year. That was probably their one trophy, except for the Champions League that they have a chance to win. Now, for teams like Man City, they have high expectations to start the year. Once they know that they're going to finish top four Premier League and not win it, they can essentially coast in the Premier League for the rest of the season. So what I'm looking to do is play on Man City in games like Champions League or where it matters for that and play against them in big, massive games on the road in the Premier League. Now, aside from all that, like I just said, fading Man City because last week, uh, Man United's form. Also, uh, Man City has coming up Arsenal. And the next week, Man City's got Arsenal and then Real Madrid in the Champions League. That Real Madrid game is huge. I mean, I, I think that uh, Man City is going to walk away in, in advance there because they did get the win on the road at Man at Real Madrid, and road goals are very important in the Champions League, but that's their focus right now. Beating Real Madrid, taking care of the Champions League, and then you know moving on at that point. So I think we could see a slight letdown here for Man City. But aside from all of that stuff, all those factors, I have Man United a slight uh, uh, value anyway. I mean, plus one, minus 120 is a bit disrespectful to Man United, ignoring all those factors. So I do believe that uh, Man City has a... There's a couple reasons to fade that team, and just not sure we get their full effort on Sunday at Manchester United. All right, that does it for the, uh, what, the Thursday show. It's weird, it's Friday. We're about to record the NBA show right after this, so good luck tonight, everyone. We'll talk to you coming up here in a few minutes on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle, every day on your favorite podcast player.